We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. There's so many different situations. It will always be different. That's why I love playing Daily Fantasy is because every slate is different. Every slate has its own little proclivities, the little puzzles to figure out. Hello and welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Rotowire.com. I am joined by Jordan Cooper, who's been nice enough to come back for a third podcast to talk about DFS strategies and no player picks. So, Jordan, thanks for coming back on. No problem. I'm not, I'm not really that nice <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're on my periscopes. I, I typically uh, – people uh, come on because uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do these now You know, towards the end of the week. They'll ask me for, uh, for player picks. You know, What do I think of this guy? What do I think of that guy? 
And uh, most of the time I say, you know, vague answers of, okay, that's that, that anything works. I mean, especially in GPP, fine, feel free to pick them up. Uh, but most of the time, uh, uh, you're going to put together a lineup, and I go, oh, that's not going to win. <laughs> just, just, just crap all over it, go. Uh, I wouldn't go in that direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we, uh, those who follow you on Twitter certainly know, um, at least, or and those who listen to your podcast, that this is a little bit more of a uh, subdued uh, Jordan. So uh, those who... Um, listen or i i always recommend listening to your podcast fantasy flush and um you're like you mentioned you're doing periscopes now but um they're probably not best with with kids around but uh you know dfs isn't really for kids either so maybe that's uh that's fully understandable but uh one of the things that you have been talking about recently and it's been quite a lot uh only because uh we're taping this on december 27th so we just had the big boxing day slate but there was a a significant gap, at least in terms of the DFS soccer schedule, where there were no contests. And um, there were some people who decided to, I don't know what they did, but you decided to kind of start uh, dispensing some wisdom about DFS and uh, specifically soccer. So uh, it seemed like the right time to have you back on uh, this right. podcast. I, 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 just, Oops, I, just, I just got bored. <laughs> exactly. I mean, right. <laughs> I, I'm Jewish and it's Christmas time. What, what else do I have to do? I, I eat Chinese food. There's nothing open. Hmm. So it's just like I got Twitter open and I got eight hours to kill. So, uh, <laughs> let me see what I can do. Let's see what you can do. There you go. Um, so, yeah, this podcast, we've we've had a few about kind of lineup strategies and, and actually contest strategies. And we're going to go a, even a little more basic this time um, because we we've had some feedback of people at least reaching out to me and to a few of the guys that we have at Rotowire um, who are who follow soccer but don't necessarily play uh, fantasy soccer but are kind of intrigued by by DFS. And so uh, we wanted to kind of talk about some ways to get into it of, you know, where you should start uh, in terms of, uh, you know, how much you can put in. I mean, obviously, dollar, bankroll is different for all different people, but... Um, there are those who kind of get frustrated because they lose right away. And it's a lot of it is because they're, they're just not going into it prepared. And so, um, that's, that's kind of the way I, I hope we can go in this podcast. So, and I uh, started that way. I mean, exactly. I, I literally started in the same way that, Hey, I follow soccer. I played fantasy sports a while back, not soccer related you know, baseball and NFL, you know, season long type of leagues. And you know, the, the, the first weekend uh, that I played, uh, DFS soccer uh, last October, uh, I got my I got my head kicked in because mm-hmm. I'm I'm picking players based on you know oh this this guy should be good you know like thinking of it as 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 a sport and not thinking of it as a game mm-hmm. and uh it, it, it quickly quickly when I saw the the lineups that I was losing to going okay okay I, uh, I I I shouldn't be looking at these players as players I should be looking at these players as game pieces on a chessboard mm-hmm. and and don't even worry about quote real soccer just like <laughs> what counts in this game and how do i get more of it and how do i construct it based on this 50k salary on on on, on DraftKings? and uh, once you once you realize that you're playing a game against other people there's a there's the soccer game that's going on on your screen that's the, the you know 10 in the morning eastern whatever all the you know everything going on and then there's the game there's the stuff that actually counts so like in the, in the in the in the real game a manager doesn't doesn't you know if they win 3 nothing doesn't matter you know how they won 
Did it come from a set piece to whatever? I mean, it ends up, you know, the goals count the most, the win, the three points, and they move on. But in, in fantasy, it matters. I mean, you, I mean, you hear it on even your podcast when you say uh, uh, a player is is good in real life, but not so good in fantasy, mm-hmm. like Deli Ali or like a Ross Barkley. A lot of these like attacking central midfielders that are great on link up play and you see them, you know, very active. And then you look at their fantasy scores on DraftKings or FanDuel and you see seven points and you go, well, it looked like he was so much more. If it wasn't for him, they wouldn't have won the game. It's like, yeah, but it, according to the game that we're playing, uh, what he does doesn't really amount to anything. Yeah, which is uh, also one of those things that, you know, since DraftKings and FanDuel and Yahoo and uh, all these other uh, kind of smaller ones that have popped up with, with soccer contests, that the scoring system is just so important. Um, you know, guys on... We've seen uh, Jesus Navas, uh, one of our favorites on this podcast, you know, be a reliable fantasy option at times. Not not much this year, but in in the past. But he would be absolutely worthless on FanDuel. And it's one of those things that, um, you know, it sounds funny, the whole, like, make sure you know the scoring system. But in soccer, it's, it's particularly tough because uh, there are just different categories on each site. I mean, they all have goals and assists for sure, but... It's not like basketball where like rebounds are important on every site. Um, they're you know basically all of the the basketball site stats are important. You know they're very similar site to site. And soccer, uh, there are a few that that are key to scoring points that are not goals and assists since those are fairly unreliable. And so, yeah, know the scoring system before you jump into a game. <laughs> as, as simple as that sounds. Right, and you're you're primarily looking for the weighting mm-hmm. of the points, not necessarily the the raw points. Point. But we talk about, especially in soccer, where on FanDuel forwards actually, you know, the good ones on very heavily favored teams actually have floors because shots on goal count for a third of a goal scoring points. Mm-hmm. So if you could have someone like Zlatan or Kane. Or, or, or these, 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 what we would consider on DraftKings to be goal-dependent forwards, but we only consider them goal-dependent because the shot on goal is two points. You get the shot and the shot on goal points, and a goal combined total is 12. Mm-hmm. And then on FanDuel, it's, it's a 25%. It's five versus 20 total. So a, a guy, a guy that, that will get a lot of shots is actually worth more playing in a cash lineup. Uh, on FanDuel versus on drafting, but that's only because of the waiting or like tackles won or fouls drawn on, on, uh, on, on FanDuel are weighted lower than on DraftKings. Well, a tackle won or a foul drawn on DraftKings is a full point. That That's the equivalent of a shot. Mm-hmm. So a guy that takes four shots is a, a guy that gets four tackles is worth the same amount as a guy that takes four shots. Although, you know, if you're coming from a season long or you're just watching uh, soccer, just, just watching it, uh, you know, you don't, you don't notice those tackles. You notice the shot. Oh, the guy took four shots. He must be good. And then you look <laughs> and the guy and then the fullback, the $4,700 fullback ends up scoring more points in fantasy than that guy because he was more active in crossing, tackling, fouls drawn, things like that. But on FanDuel, you have the chances created mm-hmm. that three points, you know, someone, you know, that, that, that middle guy, uh, that is very active may get four or five chances created may end up with uh, a couple of uh, extra peripheral points on their scoring system because the, the fouls drawn are like negative or uh, a half a point mm-hmm. and tackles are a point. 
So those those uh, those non uh, scoring active players are hindered because of the weighting of the scoring system. So that's why on FanDuel, I try, I try to stay I tend to stay away from uh, the the attacking players that take on guys. Because typically those are the ones that 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 draw fouls, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you know, step overs, all that type of stuff, and then they end up running into a wall, you know, <laughs> and they end up getting their ball, the ball taken away. Uh, they're they're a little bit more valuable on DraftKings, especially if they're on the wing, because they'll get a couple of crosses in, then they'll draw some fouls, you know, they maybe get a tackle or two. But on FanDuel, like I wouldn't pay the same amount as someone that is just purely a a, a playmaker that mm-hmm. creates chances. Right, right, right. Uh, I th- I feel like everybody's still somehow feeling out this FanDuel system. Um, what you were referencing about the nice thing about DraftKings, you know, if you see somebody cross the ball, you're like, oh, I I see what that is, and I know I get points for that. Whereas on the FanDuel system, there's you know there are some quirks. One of them that I feel like is just so hit or miss. Not so much in terms of of that the stat happens, but it's basically clearances where. This is a stat made to allow center backs to be valuable in in FanDuel, but it just seems like even something like that is so unreliable. Um, we saw, remember on the opening weekend, was that uh, Tom Heaton eleven save clean sheet against Manchester United, and Ben Mee and Mike, uh, yeah, Michael Keane had like twenty five clearances each, and it's like okay, well, the, that's what you do. You find like the center back who just clears the ball against a heavy favorite but even those are i feel like are so unreliable because it's it's usually not both of them and so the, and but it's not always the same one each week <laughs> like one week it's me and one week it's keen and so even that makes it a little uh, more difficult to to track who you need even though a clearance is basically something you can see the guy just kicks the ball away and there's a point <laughs> well what 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 you what you're 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 getting a microcosm of the thing when you're transitioning into the daily format and the scoring system and and the weighting of anything is also the point distribution in the player pool for that position. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, you know, when I, when I say terms like range of outcomes, range of outcomes means that uh, on average, it, 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 instead of an average, it means, you know, when we talk about, you know, safe floor players, that's typically a range of outcomes of, you know, eight to 15 type of thing. If they have upside, it could be eight to twenty-four, like Alexi Sanchez or something like that. That has goal-scoring upside, and based on the scoring system that FanDuel has versus DraftKings, is that the defender position, because of what you mentioned, that there's so many defensive peripherals, that the range of outcomes between defenders uh, from on, on a long run. Whenever we talk about this, we're talking about a long run, not a specific week. The week that you're talking about is a week where Man United took like 37 shots. Yeah, like they would. I mean, it was just an aberration game that you'll you'll you won't see the rest of the season. But if you look at the the player logs, uh, it, um, especially on FanDuel, that you'll see that a a, a defend a typical defender, you could you could close your eyes and throw a dart. And score 12 points for a defender, <laughs> no matter what, practically. I mean, some, yes, sometimes it'll be three. Every once in a while, it'll be 45. But for the most part, you're, 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 throwing, you're throwing darts at a dartboard. The, the average, you're probably going to score between 12 and 16, no matter what mm-hmm. uh, you choose. So uh, the pricing, when you have a $7,100 
defender and a 3,900 defender, like that, that distance, that range in between the prices is much larger than the average range of outcomes of the defenders. So when you see a player pool like this, and this happens on, on, on goalkeeper, on, on midfielder, on forward, and this happens on, this is not just a fan duel thing, but this is the concept of, like I said before, treating this like a game, not as a sport. So you want to look at the player pricing and go, what, what's, what's the range of salaries and then what's the range of outcomes? And then when, whenever you hear the concept of us talking about, you know, paying down on defense, why in the, the last episode with the process of why I go and look to see who the cheap, cheap fullbacks are first to see if they're playable, it's because uh, a fullback, uh, even on the DraftKings scoring system, you know, will most probably have a floor of four or five points no matter what. Mm-hmm. No matter what team they're playing, no matter who they're playing against. Obviously, if they're on a better team and they're playing against a weaker opponent, they're going to be attacking more. So, they're, you know, they're, their ceiling is going to be higher. But for the most part, the floor is going to be there regardless. And if I'm a $4,600 defender uh, with a floor of six versus a $3,400 defender with a floor of five, just from a pricing perspective, you'd rather the cheaper defender right? because the range of outcomes is so small in between them that you might as well save them. You save the money and pay up elsewhere. I mean, really, DFS is a game of pricing inefficiencies. End of story. That's all. That's all it is. You're looking to make the most points for 50K or, what, or, or whatever the salary cap is, because, I mean, you, you could be playing this could reply to any any daily fantasy sport, any anything. So. So you're looking for that's why when uh, players are rotated out, when you, you, you have a backup goalkeeper that w- what originally wasn't starting now starting, but they were priced as if they were a backup. That's where all your value comes in. When we talk about value. We're not talking about, you know, oh, for value. And then you then you leave twelve thousand in salary on the table. <laughs> like, no, no. You're trying to get as many points as a five thousand dollar player with thirty five hundred and then use that 1500 to upgrade your 7000 player that would get the value of an $8000 player you'd rather get the $8500 player that has the value of a $12000 player right that's how and that, that's how you that's how you beat that's that is the game it's 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 similar to you know like if you're playing the stock market you're looking to you know buy low sell high type of mentality of where are the pricing inefficiencies and from a long run perspective that's why you have to look at Who's in the player pool for each position for that slate and what are the range of outcomes between them? And that will tell you whether or not you should be paying up for that position or paying down for that position. Because if the range of outcomes is so small, you'd rather be the one that saved 800 and get the same amount of points as someone playing against you that played the the $5,000 defender. Because if you both score the same points, you win because you have extra money to pay up elsewhere and they mm-hmm. don't. Mm-hmm. And then depending on like we, we, we look at this, this past boxing day slate. Uh, I mean, the defensive position was barren yeah. kind of, of especially in the middle range. So you go like, if you're going to pay, if you're going to pay uh, a thousand more, like, what are you getting? What are you getting? You're not getting much, but we also see on the champions league slates sometimes, uh, especially on those Wednesday slates where, you have like you could roster if if you if I could roster seven defenders I would have because you have all those attacking, <laughs> attacking fullbacks mass, yeah right that you go you look at the player pool and go okay the range of outcomes 
is uh, much big. If you don't get get one of these six or seven defenders and you go cheap, uh, you're going to be very far behind because these defenders all have floors of 10 or 12 and upsides of 20. So this may not be the time to pay down for defender in, in cash. I mean, in GPP, obviously, you could be completely contrarian. But when there's seven options of 5K or more, and you know that your opponents are most likely going to take two of them, it's now it's just a matter of which two should you take, mm-hmm. not a matter of do you pay down. Because then you look at the rest. Because once you can do that at one position, then you move on to the next position. That's why I go in that order. I go in defense, and then I go to forward. Because forward is another one where you get a lot of goal-dependent players. So you're looking for where's the value in the forward guy that has somewhat of a floor. If someone's going to pay up for uh, for ceiling, you want to see if you could if you're going to pay for safety, you want to pay down for safety. You want to you want to let someone play the nine k forward that could only really score much if they score a goal, and then you win if they don't score. But you need to have someone in place that is cheaper that at least give you six or seven points because you're finding that pricing inefficiency and you're going against people that. Uh, I'd rather in soccer, since the the game doesn't have as much scoring, uh, to bet against someone scoring than bet for someone scoring. I mean, you look at the goal scoring odds; uh, it's rare to find someone that's that's under even money. Mm-hmm. So you know, if if you were given an even shot, uh, I'd I'd predict that so and so was not going to score versus score, unless it's Cristiano Ronaldo against a crap team and it's minus 250. Right. <laughs> you have an 80% chance of scoring. But that's that's those are the situations where uh, you that, those are the must plays type. Of, you almost have to play them just to block type of situation. And I don't know if, if a lot of your listeners, if you're coming in, uh, understand the concept of blocking is that when a player is so highly owned, especially in cash games, that uh, – and especially when they have very high floors or high ceilings, uh, putting that person in just to protect yourself against a 50-point game, because if you don't have them, you have no shot. But you're not going to gain much, so your your skill is coming up with the seven other players. So you kind of put them in, and you go, okay, I don't have to worry about it. You know, if they have an average game, still fine, and I'll beat I'll beat the field with the you know my more more, uh, you know, mid-tier or lower-level players. And uh, at least I know that, you know, because a lot of people go in and go, oh, uh, Ronaldo's going to be, you know, 80% owned. So I'm going to go the other way. It's like in GPP, that's fine. But, I mean, if Ronaldo puts up a Ronaldo game, you're done. I mean, then it didn't matter who your seven other players were when Ronaldo's sitting there with 50 points. So you'd kind of rather just take him there. And then it's like, well, if I take him at 12K, I can't fit so-and-so in. It's like, well, then he can't. This slate, you can't. You have to approach the slate as this is the game that we're playing. Uh, he's going to be highly owned. You look at the range of outcomes or whatever, and you and you go, okay, th- this is the best way to approach this slate. And that's why, you know, uh, although doing some of the, uh, the, the the Ask the Expert whatever columns that are going to be coming out, uh, I mean, it's also the same reason I don't go into player picks is because every slate is different. So when coming approach, uh, should I do this? Should I do that? like well on a specific slate yes on another slate no so you know that's why going through that process and going what type of slate is this when you put together your dummy lineup at least when the lineups you know an hour before the games come out you could then approach it of you know has the has the texture of the slate changed in any way Mm -hmm. it has 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 a value play come up so now 
that that it makes it viable to pay up for a goalkeeper because you have the money. But before you didn't. So you know that, you know, in the most likely lineup configurations that a lot of the good regular players will have, that they're going to be playing a cheaper goalkeeper. So in GPP, maybe you go the other way. But in, in 50-50s, double-ups, you probably should go with the pack more often because that most likely will be more of the optimal lineup than think contrarian and go, well, I'm going to pay up for different positions. That's your GPP thing. GPP isn't just uh, let me put in some uh, some ceiling players. GPP is let me approach the lineup construction from a different angle rather than the same angle that everyone else is. And that would be the time to fade a 12K Ronaldo and go, I'm going to play the anti-Ronaldo lineup. But once, you, once you're once not paying 12K for a forward, obviously that opens yourself up for 7 or 8K midfielders. And you go, okay, they're going to be lower-owned automatically because you can't play an 8K midfielder if you have Ronaldo in. So mm. you automatically are going to know that your ownership level is is at the 10 15% where if they put up a big game, you probably go right to the top of a GPP. Yeah, I think a lot of the content that that goes out really in a lot of sports is all about GPPs even though they really should be cash. And the Ronaldo thing is the perfect example and we see it in MLS with Javinko or you know anytime Messi's on the slate, you know, the uh, this guy's going to be heavily owned. Uh, and a lot of people are like, okay, I need to get somebody else. And it's like, if this guy's going to be heavily owned in cash, you only have risk if you don't take him. The, the Taking him is minimizing your risk because if he goes off, you have him. Everyone else does, just like you said. Like The, the reward isn't as great because everybody right. has and, him. And also, if he doesn't, let's say Ronaldo right. comes in and gets one point, it doesn't hurt you because 80% of your opponents have them in your double up. So that doesn't really hurt you that much. That's what, the, that's what blocking is. Exactly. You put that in. Now, in certain situations, you may the, the approach may not be to play him. Like you, you, we get these Champions League slates that have multiple heavy favorites, right. and you go, okay, maybe there are two approaches to this. But a lot of times there are. A lot of times when everything is is even, you look and you go, this is the obvious approach. The obvious is to you know you play Ronaldo, you play the the the, the really straightforward accumulating forward midfielder with high goal scoring odds, and then. You try to win on these seven other positions like mm-hmm. that, that. That's where that's where the skill is going to come in. But exactly. if, 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 that's why in the last podcast, starting with constructing a cash viable lineup helps you understand the slate, the texture as a whole. So then you can differentiate in GBP. Mm-hmm. So then you can. It's not a matter of sometimes. Hey. I would say three quarters of the time. Sometimes the differentiation, like I say, especially in soccer, where the uh, the the you know the user base is smaller, the contest sizes are smaller. You don't have to be absurdly contrarian. You're mm-hmm. not willing mm-hmm. to winning a milli maker or anything. So a lot of times, even that the texture of the slate, seven out of ten times is just switch out a a floor forward for a goal dependent forward, and that's it. There's your GPP lineup. But sometimes it's a completely different approach, like we say with MLS. When Giovinco's 14K, and you're like, okay, I got to play Giovinco in cash. But once you once you change the approach to not playing a 14K forward, obviously the texture of the entire lineup changes. Now you could start playing players that no one else could have fit in. But you do that for GPP. Mm-hmm. But that's changing the the the, the tech because you you because because Andrew, there's no other 14K player to put in. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> a lot of times, but with the cash lineup, you're putting in a, a you know, a, a Dimitri Payet is forward eligible. He's 9,300. And then your pivot is a 9K Zlatan Ibrahimovic. So you're, the rest of your lineup hasn't changed much because mm-hmm. you didn't save it. But if you're paying for Ronaldo or Giovinco or Messi or something like that, like there's no other play. Like you're going to have salary left over. Now you get to change your entire approach to that, that lineup. So you might as well go and, and do that. So when you so somebody who is starting out and saying I want to play I'm going to try out DFS soccer it seems that the the strategy is definitely to focus not necessarily on cash contests but building appropriate cash lineups instead of going the other way and let me try out a GPP and then I'll I'll switch out for some safer players like the 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 focus should be on finding the appropriate cash lineup. Is that, do you right. agree well, with that? Essentially finding the optimal lineup. Right. That's what, when you, when you hear, when you hear the word optimal, optimal doesn't mean the lineup that's going to score the most. Okay. You're not looking that's what a ceiling is. The optimal lineup. Uh, if, if you want to put it in mathematical terms is the lineup that will beat most opponents over the long run. If you simulated out the slate a million times, Mm-hmm. So, like, if you, if you went through a simulation and you just put it, you know, let's play these games again, let's play these games again, let's play these games again, you know, hey, one time, you know, you play these games out and Zlatan scores a hat trick. The next time, he scores three points and doesn't score. The next time, you know, you do this over and over and over again, and then that range of outcomes, that's why the those floor, those safety kind of attacking midfielder crossing set piece type of players, over the long run are going to get, be more reliable in giving you points that when your opponents who are playing a little bit riskier players, they'll they'll beat you three out of ten times, but seven out of ten times their guy is a dud, but you had the most optimal players for the long run that you're 102 on the, in the long run on average – is going to win out positive ROI mm-hmm. over the over the course of, over the course of time. So that's really what optimal uh, people come in and thinking about results. And you still you have to you obviously have to analyze where you went wrong. But don't don't go by you know the guy the the, the goal dependent forward that you didn't want to play in cash scored a hat trick and now you're reassessing whether or not. Should I play goal dependent players in cash? It's like, no, you had the right approach. This, this just was one of the three out of 10 times where someone played a goal. People play goal dependent forwards in cash. And when they score 40 points, you're, you're screwed. I mean, mm-hmm. like, that's one of those times. So don't change your approach based on that optimal long run type of, you know, this is a long game. It's not just one slate. And if you consistently hit that, you know, that, that score. Time and time and time again, you know, that that's how you win. That's I mean, really, that's that's how you win. That's what the optimal lineup is for. And then defer from there. Once you could get to that point, once you could do that consistently and you see other regulars. Oh, I got six out of the eight players that they I didn't go to that defender. But the defender that they chose is still the same price range. Like you saw that they approached the texture of the slate the same way. They just happened to have a defender that scored eight points and you had one that scored three. Mm-hmm. So it's like you picked the wrong $4,500 defender, but they picked a $4,500 defender, just a different one or a goalkeeper. You know, you, you picked a, you know, a $4,600 goalkeeper that ended up, you know, the, you know, 
crapping on the bed. They picked a $4,800 goalkeeper that got six points Mm -hmm. and did okay. And you look at that and you go, like, you didn't lose because of skill. You both approached the same, the texture of the sleeve, exactly the same way. It was that one defender and one goalkeeper, that one slight little thing on that specific slate, that specific week that killed you against the players you were playing in those contests. But your approach was perfectly dead on. So, I mean, that it could have happened the other way. You could have that defender that you had could have scored a goal. And then you look at the, you know, oh, I won by six points. But you look and you both and you you have to be able to realize that you didn't win because of the brilliance of your own picks. (laughs) You've approached the slate correctly. Similar approach as other people. You got lucky on a goalkeeper goal. Versus uh, on a goalkeeper goal, on yeah, that would be, be lucky. really lucky. That would be extremely <laughs> lucky uh, on a defender goal, and they didn't. And you're like, okay, we're we're about even. If you looked at both of the lineups next to each other, you go, okay, I got lucky, but he could have gotten lucky next time. We're both, you know, you you played it the right way. You both guys played it the right way. You know, a defender scored or something like that. Or I mean, it it there's so many things that could happen on a week to week basis that. That you you can't just look at one slate and go, well, I'm approaching this wrong. I'm, I'm dead. I, I did something wrong. I should have done X. If should have done X includes I should have put in this goalkeeper and then paid up for the guy that no one would have played. You know that no no you 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 if you ran that situation out a million times, it most likely you're gonna lose by doing that. Going in the right way at the 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 right approach. What thinking from a long-term perspective, that's that's the way the game is played. And that's why you think people talk about bankroll management. If you're going to look to actually, you know, make money doing it is that you, you go into a slate and if you screwed up, you go in and go, wow, I, I mean, that's, that's the, am I crazy stuff that I, that's why I read articles and go, okay, I approach the slate this way. And I go, oh, it looks like I'm completely off. Mm-hmm. There has to be a reason. Either I'm a genius or everyone else is stupid. But most of the time you the, it, every, you're the stupid one. <laughs> they just like, oh, I didn't even think about this guy. Uh, and then, and then you go in, and then a lot of times that changes. That's why we I, that hour when the lineups come out, like you have to be able to do all that because you you could spend, uh, you know, it's look at this Boxing Day, this past Boxing Day, the time that we're recording. I pegged in a 7300, a Wayne Rooney into my forward spot as a core play. Mm-hmm. So I'm going through the whole week researching the, the other pieces of the puzzle. How do I, you know, Sigurdsson and Pye were both the same price. So it's like, I can play either of them. That's no problem. Kevin De Bruyne is 10.1. Okay. You know, I, I know all the pieces of where I need to put in, but I didn't have another $7,300 player. In fact, the other, the other same player, which would have been a GBP play was Michi Batshuayi, yep. who didn't start. Who didn't start. Yeah. <laughs> right. But then Rudy didn't start. Yep. So now, I go into this whole mentality for four days of research time uh, with uh, all these combinations that includes a 7K range player, but only one of them. I don't have any other one. Mm-hmm. So when Rooney's out and Batshuayi's out, it's like, okay, now now what do I do? I mean, like, uh, I pay down, I pay up, I still have to change everything. So now, you know, it's nine in the morning. And now you have to go through the entire tech. What's the texture of the slate? What's uh, then daily blend comes out and like, okay, I need to be able to fit a $4,700 defender, a three K defender punt. And then now you're piecing stuff together because the one person that was the linchpin of the texture of the slate 
was gone. Mm-hmm. And now they, I end up with Kevin Morales in my forward. So I managed to score, but I was <laughs> I wasn't happy with I wasn't happy with it. But I look at the lineup, and not I at first. Was, I was not happy with it. <laughs> Sixty five hundred Morales. If it was cheaper, sure. Yeah. But I, I was just stuck with like uh, time's running out, yeah. and and I I did not plan to have to play that tier level of player. So I just went I just went to the safety. But I mean, even even I have to do that. So that's the reason why getting your process down, because if I struggled with that for an hour and had to rush through some of that, I can just imagine people out there that didn't didn't even consider the texture of the slate beforehand in order to even pivot. And I think that's where a lot of mistakes are made, that uh, a rotation happens. A guy that was supposed to start, that was a good play, is, is no longer in. And now you're stuck at, at, at an hour before, half an hour before, uh, just throwing things against the wall, and then wondering why you're not doing well. And uh, and it, it, hey, if I have a problem with it, I, I I could just imagine what some other people have a problem with. And getting that getting getting that mindset of you're playing a game you're with a scoring system, a range of outcomes based on the player pools, based on the games that are being played. The specific slate, there's no specific, like, do you do this all the time? It's always, it depends. Every slate is different. A two-game slate versus a seven-game slate. You know, a heavy favorite on a large slate versus a heavy favorite on a small slate. There's so many different situations. It will always be different. That's why I love playing Daily Fantasy is because every slate is different. Mm -hmm. Every slate has its own little proclivities, the little puzzles to figure out. What's the optimal thing here and then once you figure that out an hour before lineup block you just throw in the garbage half the time because <laughs> something happens and you got to figure it all out again yeah there's never a case where a guy you're depending on uh does not start and you can just s- plug in the guy taking his spot that just that does not happen in soccer rarely i mean that i i mean some people tried doing that with the rooney and mata and i thought that was a bad play mm-hmm I, I mean, but Mata wasn't forward eligible. So if you're relying on a phone, because at that situation, you're relying also on a slot projection. Right. Right. I was, you know, when it, 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 I can't put in another guy that isn't a forward into a forward slot. And then, okay, then I moved De Bruyne into that. And then now I have a utility spot. And that's how I ended up with three defenders in my cash lineup. And Alonso <laughs> kind of stunk it up. But to yeah, me, that yeah. was the safest play. I, 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 For sure. I, I always go down to, uh, it, it may not be the most efficient lineup from a from a pricing perspective, but it's like when in doubt, I'm just going to play that's what, Morales. I'm going to play the safest. It's like, hey, Barkley wasn't in. Everton's playing Leicester, and Leicester's they, their lineup was kind of half a clown car mm-hmm. as it was with their suspensions, and Mara's not playing. Yep. I'm like, okay, Everton will attack more. Uh, I really don't mora- like Morales at this price, but he'll have the monopoly of set pieces. He may only play 70 anyway, but. Just give me six points, please. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm fine, fine. I'll take it. Take take the six points from Alonzo, even though I think he should get more than that. And let other people like I I I almost punted my cash lineup to my opponents. <laughs> I basically said I'm gonna I'm I'm probably not gonna score that many points, but enough points where you're gonna at least gonna have to try to beat me. Right. And a lot of people and at this Boxing Day, I won most of my head-to-head matchups because people went didn't go the completely obviously safe safe way uh and of course I got a lucky morales goal yep. uh, and that helped a little but i mean there was i i beat some people by you know 15 18 points where you know 
They weren't able to adjust properly. They went a little too risky when Rooney was out, when some of these rotations happened. And I said, fine, I'm going to go even safer. I'm going to go with the safe, 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 safe guys. And then you try to beat me. And whatever happens, happens. I feel like a lot of people who are new uh, consider safe plays guys who they think will score a goal. And they kind of ignore the fact that more often than not, even the best goal scorers don't score. Right. Um, There's two people on a field, right? Anyone could score. I mean, obviously, uh, the, 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 the fullback that never gets forward is probably not going to score. But just understand that, you know, it, there may be two goals in the game, but look how many players could score. You could uh, own goals yeah. happen. Penalty kicks. Ha- I mean, like to, to go with the guy that's most likely to score is typically the guy that's closest to net. Yep. But it also may be the guy that barely touches the ball all game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's why the most active players are the safest players, because at least they have the opportunity to score or the same uh, the opportunity to score points. Same thing for playing time. I take a lot of weight into playing time into my considerations because I am a nit and uh, and look for the safest plays. But uh, you can't score when you're on the bench. So a guy that plays 60 versus a guy that plays 90, I'm playing the guy that plays 90 because he has 30 more minutes opportunity to score than someone that comes out in the 60th minute. That's why a lot of times I do not play people that are coming back from injury because typically the first game back that they're starting – they may only play 65 or 70 minutes, depending on who they are, uh, no matter how good of a play. It, it, if if those minutes are built into their price, that's one thing. But if it's not built into their price, if I have to pay the the, the premium for for a returning injured player, then why, why should I'll find someone else that's going to play 90 at least? And <laughs> hey, if you want to take the risk and see if they could score two goals in 60 minutes be my guest go right ahead try to go right ahead try to beat me but remember i'm playing as if this is going to be simulated a million times so mathematically i'm just looking for the most optimal play that over the long run will will be more just above average where i'm making a positive return on investment uh switching to contests a little bit uh, i feel like there's a lot of you know when people talk about bankroll management and so focused on like percentage into cash and GPPs, which uh, I think is kind of the the fifth step uh, versus the first. But uh, you had kind of touched on this before that uh, you obviously consider contest selection uh, like, I don't know if you consider it the most important thing, but it, it's certainly one of it the most the, important things. Yeah, it is okay. the most important thing. It, I mean, if it... If you if you go if you go start playing DFS if this and you go and you see the best the best people in the world just don't play because you know I mean yeah or play knowing that you're gonna lose for a while because they're, they're better than you and you're gonna have to learn how to beat them right I mean really <clears throat> it's a, and and if you're going in and you see a bunch of bunch of crappy people I mean it, it's the same thing same thing in any type of game could be chess backgammon poker or anything it's like your goal is to beat other people it's not to score the most it's not the not to have the the best optimal lineup, it's just to win against one person. So if you're gonna play, if you're gonna play a pickup game of basketball, you want to play against the uh, and you're gonna play for money. You want you you're not playing for the challenge, but you want to play against the someone that you could beat all the time. So mm-hmm. find those people that you could beat all the time. It's hey, it, it's hard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's gonna be picky or whatever. But uh, but I mean, go into the situations where you have a better shot. Than, uh, than just, at least it's better than 
blindly just entering contests. Uh, I'm talking primarily cash games, but GPPs, you can't avoid anyone. Right. You're going to play in a 6,000, you know, $3 striker on DraftKings. Like, it's like, well, I, I, no, everyone's playing. You can't, uh, can't game select that. But at least you're getting paid for the position that you're in. Mm-hmm. So if you do well, you're going to you make more money for the uh, the type of opponents that you're playing against. But in a 50-50 or something, and you're playing a 20-man 50-50, you want to play against 19 people that are, that are horrible. So try to find the ones that have more horrible players in it than or at least less good players if you can. And do you recommend kind of spreading out the different types of contests that people use that, that, you know, if you were new and you look at all of the 50 fifties and say, um, no, I see a bunch of people as you, uh, affectionately call them, no badgers, people who don't have kind of that, um, what does DraftKings even call them? Experience. Experience. Yeah. It's badges or something. Right. right. Which, which doesn't mean you're a good player at all because it, <laughs> anyone right. can get experience. I mean, it really, it doesn't mean anything. All it does is mean the opposite. If someone doesn't have it, that obviously means they're new because it's so easy to get one after you play for a, a decent amount of time. Right. No matter what you do. Well, the other thing that I is that they're not sports specific, so uh, don't automatically just go and say, "Oh, this guy has a badge, so I won't play him," because he may have gotten that. He may be playing soccer for the first time because he got his badge, winning a million dollars playing football. But, um, so do you, you know, for for people who may not have a bigger bankroll, like do you think it's better for them to spread out their cash games or just if you find the one uh, $20, 50-50 that nobody's in, which absolutely never happens in soccer, but if it <laughs> if it did, um, do you is that better to go for that one or do you is it better to spread it out on lower denominations? I would say it's even when 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 you're when you're newer, spread it out on lower denominations because mm-hmm. that that'll that'll, that'll decrease your your variance of results mm-hmm. you'll be it'll be easier to learn that way but even in the in the dollar levels if you can't like i mean because you're talking like like oh i'll be able to find plenty of inexperienced players like no you're not yeah it's 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 tough it's tough for me and uh i look at half the half the field going there's no way i'm going to be them and i and i'm good mm-hmm. so so i think if you're going to put in some amount of volume and it could be 20 bucks be 40 bucks it'd be whatever uh the least you could do is uh spread out your opponent exposure as much as you can mm. so if you're if you're going to put in let's say 20 dollars worth of 50 50s and it's going to be all one dollar two dollar 50 50s so let's say it's a dollar 50 50 and you, you're going to put in to 20 of them or 20 double ups whatever that range of thing uh probably it's not best to do it all at once because most of the time people enter, you know, someone like me, I enter everything. So you're going to get me at the time where, you know, the, if you look through all the double ups, the one dollar double ups and see eight out of 23, you're going to see the same eight guys yep. in all of them because they all entered at, you know, I came on at 530 and then Saramek came on at 615 and entered everything. You know, that type of thing. Uh, but uh, so maybe enter two or three and then wait six hours. And, and then go back and check and see, uh, is there any difference between these? Have any new people come in? Wait for the next day. And, hey, may, you may not be able to see a lot of inexperienced players, but at least don't play the same eight guys in all 20 of your double-ups. Mm-hmm. Like, just look to, to, to extend that and go, okay, let, 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 me, let me look at them tomorrow. Because, I mean, you have time in soccer. I mean, you have a couple of days most of the time. Uh, and then a lot of times late. 
you wake up early in the morning, you know, for a 10 a.m. slate, go look at the early morning ones. Look at the ones that come, even the contest that DraftKings or FanDuel posts, you know, when lineups come out, mm-hmm. the last minute double ups and stuff. You'll see plenty of people that are at least aren't in your other ones, because if, if you're going to be playing twenty one dollar double ups and it's against twenty two of the same people, you might as well just play one twenty dollar one. Right. At that point. Right. It, it, so if you're new and you're not going to be able to avoid the good players, you know, although, as, as I rant about, that multi-contesting is, is horrible. I do it because they allow me to. <laughs> I can put in all my volume in the low level. It shouldn't happen that way. But you're not going to be able to avoid, even in dollar double-ups, the best players in your sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the least you could do is is spread it out so that like, you know the same eight people, ten people, don't beat you in all of them. You, you look, you came in 12th in a 23-man double-up. You made no money, but the top 10 positions are the same in all of your double-ups. And like, hey, if I would have just entered a couple of different ones, I would have came in ninth and at least saw some of my money back. Right, right. And there's, I mean, it also gives you uh, better coverage of uh, people who did win and you can see, you know, how did they, how did they attack this late? You're not necessarily getting just four guys who, who happened to beat you, but you get sort of a diversified look at how people view the slate. Like I think going back to see uh, people who finished ahead of you, I think that is very underrated. I don't think a lot of people do that. I don't see why not. I don't don't, don't understand people that don't. Right. Because it just gives you an idea. Like, you know how you thought of the slate because you're the one who did the, your own lineup, but it's just so important to look back and say, how did this guy do it? Why didn't, why did he pick, you know, this guy versus that one? I think the one, the one that came to me this week on for boxing day came down to Kevin De Bruyne or Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And I was so pissed at myself because I had De Bruyne all week. And then at 9.58, decided to just switch. Uh, there, there was no, I just all of a sudden was like, maybe De Bruyne will sit. And I, I don't want to, and th- as if I couldn't switch it. And that actually worked out. Didn't, I had, I switched out De Bruyne on, fin, to, to De Bruyne on FanDuel also, which um, I don't know if, I Why are you seen... pissed? He didn't even have a good game. He put up seven. No, I was fine then. I was pissed when it when I did it. Like as soon as lineup like locked, and I was like, "What?" Because like, how often does like does a uh, a nine fifty eight like? Oh man, I should change this switch. Work like you. I had all week to think about this. Nothing changed, and yet two minutes before lock, I decided to switch. That shouldn't happen. Like that's never a good situation. A rare. No, but it worked situation. out for you. It, it worked out for you. It did. Least. It did this time, but. I don't know. I don't even, I still don't know why I decided to make that switch. I mean, they obviously I needed exposure to uh, Manchester United. and I didn't have it, but like tossing one of the safest cash plays for a guy who's rather goal dependent is not usually the best solution. No, that's why I didn't do it. That's why. Right. I, like, <laughs> right. Hey, Hey, if people want to beat me with Zlatan in cash, go for it. Fine. They got 29 points. I had him in GPP. I got I got came in 20th in the box and they special with him in. That's fine. Fine. I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. And I look at that and I go, you know, seven out of ten times he maybe he scores a goal, but I mean that's not going to make as much of a difference. You know, his 14 points doesn't kill me. 29 that killed me mm-hmm. in a lot of my cash games, but. Uh, when, when you look at players, I mean, I look I look at the regulars. You're not looking for people that beat you. You're looking for people that, like, sure. they're in all of your contests, and they play all the week, every week, every slate. They, they seem, at least seem, to be profitable. Uh, 
I look at them at 1001. Yeah. I go through I, I go to my highest price double up, you know, my 25 or 50 double up or something that has 11 guys that I know eight of them at least. Uh, and I go, OK, how did this guy do? Hey, you know, all the regulars are in there. And I go, OK, OK, I wasn't crazy. OK, OK, this guy's kind of uh, I don't know why he went this way. And you go through you just go through that at 1001 just to go. Hey, where, where did where, where did I screw up? I'm, I'm going like, did I approach it completely off? Most of the time I don't. Most of the time it's a little here, a little there. A lot of times, like I said, it's that defender, that goalkeeper, the punt midfielder, the 4,800 mid-tier. Did someone went Wayne Routledge and I went Scott Arfield, you know, like that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But they approach the same way. I go, okay, okay, I'll give this guy played slot in cash. Okay, fine. Let's uh, You try to run me down, fine, whatever. <laughs> uh, but I do that at 10.01. And then uh, after the slate is over, uh, I also go through all my head-to-heads. Uh, I mean, I, I do look at some of the if, – if I play a higher-priced head-to-head, I'll look at that at 10.01, you know, mm-hmm. one minute after. Uh, but even all the way down to the dollar head-to-heads, the people that I've never seen before, I look at their lineups. That's – I like, okay, is this uh, – how, how did this guy you – know, how bad is this guy? Right, cause that, that's why sometimes I see uh, – I scored 118 and someone scored 53. I go, how do, how, do, how do you only score 53? And I go, oh, that's how you score 53, mm-hmm. by selecting all crap. Uh, but <laughs> all I'm doing is that I, I you can never tell when the next new regular is going to be in, in in the soccer lobby on DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I I take I basically take games uh, from any new newer player. They can have a badge or whatever. Someone I just haven't seen in a while. I'll take their one, twos, threes, fives. I'll keep on taking them until I have enough of a sample size to see whether or not I can even be profitable against them. But that's the other reason why I'm looking at the, the lineups, because sometimes I, you know, after three or four slates of playing them and seeing, OK, they don't screw up here. They didn't, you know, it, they approached it the same way I did four times in a row. Then maybe I just don't play them anymore. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Do you look at GPP lineups at all or do you find them to just be a little too unreliable? Well, what would I be looking for? The I mean, like people who finished way, ahead of you. Are you? Well, the, obviously they're going to do. Obviously, what what I I tell I could already tell what happened during the slate. No, oh, that's if true. If a central defender scored a brace, if Winston Reed scored a goal, and he's probably going to be in the winning GPP line. <laughs> what am I learning from that? I, I'm like, oh, I should play central defenders. No, it just so happened. I saw the games. I saw what goals came out. You know, a two percent guy scored twenty points. I'm most likely going to see him in the top line. What what do I learn? I don't learn anything from mm-hmm. that. You know, a lot of times that's just that's just luck, right? That's that that's not. I mean, if a goal dependent guy, if Harry Kane gets four goals in a game, what do I learn? From, okay, goal dependent guy was goal dependent and scored a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I, I already saw, I saw what happened. So I I really don't. I, the GPP, the I don't think you learn as much because obviously the people above you are going to have. Whatever it is. I mean, we've seen, especially in MLS, when it's even smaller user base, that the, the guy that wins the main GPP had, like, a reserve player in right. and, like, a backup goalkeeper that didn't start. Just so happens that that the the it, like the random lineup generator that he spit out had the guy that scored two Roman Torres goals. <laughs> and, and uh, okay, so, I mean, what do you learn from that? Every once in a while that happens. You're not going to like – Oh, I should I should start a substitute, <laughs> a substitute center center back that scores two goals and extra. And that way we you can't you can that that's nothing to learn from. That's yeah. nothing. Cash you could learn something from. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna cut us off there because we have uh, a sleet coming up. But we 
are going to start up, or Jordan is going to start. I'm not going to do any of this work, but uh, we're going to do kind of an Ask, an, ask the Expert um, column on Rotowire where people can send in questions to Jordan or to me, and we'll have Jordan answer them. Uh, you can send them to me at andrew at rotowire.com. And Jordan, where's the best place to send them to you? Or you just send them to me, jordan at fantasyflush.com. You could always tweet them. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to miss any. So that's why email is, I mean, at least like to kind of save them there. Uh, but obviously not player pick related, but similar to what we're talking about this podcast in the past couple of podcasts. And, uh, you know, I assume I'll, you know, come back on a podcast every once in a while to, you know, talk about this type of stuff. But I mean, stuff that could be answered in two or three paragraphs, uh, you know, feel free to just send them over and uh, I'll, I'll write out as much as I can. But uh, understand that that for specific situations, uh, a lot of times the answer is it depends. Like you, here's the approach, but you still have to figure out where this concept applies to. So that's the stuff I like talking about the most. So whether or not, you know, to start a certain goal, I got a question before. It's like, well, you know, what do you think about, you know, having the cheap goalkeeper strategy and have them rack up saves, the Tom Heaton strategy? And, uh, you know, my answer is, well, it, it depends on the slate. Like in certain situations, yeah, you want to pay down a goalkeeper. In certain other situations, you you don't have to. So why take the risk? Mm-hmm. But I can't answer I can't answer the question for a specific slate because uh, you know I don't want you to play the same lineup as me. The whole <laughs> point is that I'm going to do this process better than you. So I'll I'll help you after the fact, or I'll help you with the approach. And if you if you can take the concepts and come up with a similar optimal lineup to me, I mean that's that's where I'm helping you with. And I'm just hoping. That even if you were able to do it, I'll I'll still slightly be better than you. There you go. All right. Well, thank you for starting that up, and thanks for coming on the podcast once again. Good luck on this uh, slate coming up for you. Okay, no problem. Thank you for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit RotoWire.com/soccer. They're going to kill the love of my life Casey! if I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.